Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cantina MX Football Podcast. We are on episode 292. Tonight, I am your host, Jaime Landeros. Joining me will be Joel. We're going to be covering the partido between Mexico and Nigeria at the LA Memorial Coliseum. We were live there. We're going to talk about the official news of Macias joining Getafe and the details. Also, some drama involving uh, the sentence that Mexico will be serving for. And Orbelin might be going to Celta Vigo. This and much more. But before I go any further, let me welcome my co-host, Joel. How are we doing? Good, man. It's been a good week. Hope you enjoyed the fourth. Jaime. And uh, it was good to catch the game. The Mex, Mex versus the Nigerian All Stars. <laughs> well, because they were facing a team of um, local, the, domestic, yeah. Yeah, there you go, domestic, domestic talent, and yeah, man, they still have some ways to go. Um, but but at the same time, you know, you you could see the difference uh, level from from the max top players to to that so that's on a positive you know shows shows how good max can be i think as fans you know we we tend to downplay max a lot quinto, too stuck on that quinto partido but the position they've been for the past i don't say about maybe 30 years to be between 13th and 16th ranked in the world Consistently, it's it's difficult. I know people would want to see them in the top ten, but you're going up against a lot. <laughs> it's just um, that's a topic for another day, Jaime. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, you know, for those that were uh, in attendance in that LA Memorial Coliseum, that was my first time at that stadium, and you know, me and Joel really got to. Uh, appreciate the the details as far as the stadium uh you know made after the roman coliseum they even have two stones one from greece and one from from rome pretty impressive yeah yeah right at the entrance and uh yeah we were there you were in the in the suite i was on the on the ground just sweating man (laughs) it was a hot one Fifty-two thousand fans in attendance it was a big party at halftime some mana songs everybody was singing along um meanwhile mexico scored uh four goals against nigeria uh two really really quick ones in the first half hector herrera started things off and then the most recent mexican funes mori scored and got the monkey off his back in his in his debut and Joel, um you mentioned that is that the fastest goal Yes, it's like, what was it, four minutes? He beat Kille. Kille had it like a nine. It was one of those fun facts that got thrown around. I don't think it matters much, you know, in the, in the, in the scheme of things. But you can agree that, you know, you're already getting a little bit of controversy, a lot of criticism from pundits, from media, for having to rely on a naturalizado. And this is probably the best way to respond 
is with scoring, you know, and, and getting that monkey off your back. We all know how nerve-wracking it could be for a striker to go on a cold streak or to have to wait X amount of minutes or games before they actually get the first goal, you know, for their country or for their club. So for him to do it within the first four minutes is is very, very good. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, he responded, and he's likely, um, you know, let's see how he does. He's, he's being taken to the Gold Cup, correct? For a striker yep. to that is I right. This is... This is where, this is where he's gonna have to shine. And we'll we'll see how it goes. It should be fairly easy. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Costa Rica might be the. They might be the, the the black. What what they call the black? The dark horse. The dark horse. You think so? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you remember the last match Max played Costa Rica, man. The Ticos, mm-hmm. Ticos went down swinging. They didn't go to penalties. No, yeah, definitely. It did. To PKs. And, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know their squad because U.S., we, we talked about the possible rematch with the U.S., but the U.S. is taking a very experimental team. They left all their all of their stars, they left them, you know, they didn't call them for obvious reasons because they're, they're in Europe and they're very young players. So they let them have that preseason so that they could continue fighting for a first place, you know, in the, in the fighting for a, for a spot in the first team. I mean, so, um, yeah, it's yeah, like, so Mexico's take- I don't know what's going on. I don't know if they're just content with having won no, the I, Nations League. And they're like, hey, you know no, what? But, I, <laughs> but if you're the coach, I mean, if you're the coach and you got that young squad with all that talent, well, what do you think would benefit them more? To win a Gold Cup that is just like, what is it, like seven games if you play all of the, if you make it to the final? Or is it more important that they have a full preseason and they earn a team, they earn a spot in the first team, or get as much playing time throughout the whole season? Hmm. I mean, it's it's pretty clear to me, man. I would, you know, especially a lot of those guys being in in some of the big clubs. So I'd be like, go handle it, man. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, the, the, well, I mean, because the big worry for them, it's not, it's not winning a gold cup. It's it's quality, it's getting back to the World Cup. Yeah, but you have to be part of the process. You got to be familiarized with your your teammates. You can't just. It's not like FIFA yeah, where, but, but this, you know, you no, were, but see, this, this squad's been together at least two years now. All I'm I mean, saying is, not, like, look. You won a Nations League. Congratulations. It was not very convincing, you know. I mean, it was more that Mexico kind of let that game slip um, versus, like, USA actually playing dominantly and, and convincingly. They went to penalty. I mean, I mean, they didn't go to penalties, but they went to overtime, and, you know, they got lucky there. But all I'm saying is, like, you can't just, like, slap your hands and call it a day. Like, hey, the job's not finished. USA hasn't won a Gold Cup since 2017. They didn't go to the World Cup. They're not going to the Olympics, so they don't have an excuse of 
using a, a B side for for the Gold Cup. I understand that the prestige isn't there anymore because you know there's no Confederations Cup. But this is a young group of guys. I don't think they've played with each other as a as a cohesive unit against the uh, Mexico and and all these other teams, you know, consistently enough to you know be arrogant enough to send a B side to the Gold Cup that you again you haven't won since 2017. And Mexico's going to come in there with a vengeance, wanting to uh, you know get revenge on that on that Nations League final. So I mean, if you're a USA. I, I don't know what's going through your head, but I do get it. You know, if you're at Juventus, if you're at Barca, if you're at Bayern, if you're at these big clubs, that process of being part of the, the preseason and, you know, maybe you're on the bubble, uh, you're trying to fit into the starting 11. This is how you impress your coach. I totally understand, like, that's your job, that's your career, but you have a duty for your country. You have to serve your country, man. Like, that's that's it's, top that's priority. That's top priority, that's man. Gonna, that's that's going to be World Cup qualifying. This okay. Gold Cup, it's not. It's not, man. I, I, we can't discredit the tournament on one hand and then in the second make it out to be this, you know, this this super important. I, I and having I this, this scrub squad helps him too because from, from this team, the coach will be able to see who you know, who has, who has what it takes. I see. You know? And so he's, he could add to, he already has his team and that's, that's the one team we saw beat Mexico in penalties. Um, So he's just going to add to that. But I mean, it's a very young team and their, their, their thing is, it's the long haul. And I, I'm thinking for Max is, it's probably, especially even for Tata, way more important because I know he wants to win something. <laughs> You know, he doesn't want to go empty-handed, uh, and this is this is probably his last tournament. I mean, you're going to qualifiers qualifying. You know, he will qualify, but he's still not not going to be adding any trophies. So I do think he wants to put something in the coffers. You know, leave. He wants he to does leave Max. Leave, leave, leave the trophy right there. You know, a piece of him. <laughs> so I do think. Uh, he wants. He wants that. I mean, he did it. He did it. Atlanta. He, he left having won. But it, it probably was like, like at um, you know, he was at at Barca, and I think didn't he second place? I he think didn't really last long at Barca. No, well, he did the whole season, but I think they finished second place, and then I think they lost the Copa del Rey. I think they lost the final. Um. At Barcelona, yeah. the only thing he won was the Super Copa de España, and that was yeah. it. He lost the, yeah, the Copa del Rey. Yeah, there you go. And I think they finished second. And then I don't remember how he did with Argentina. I think he lost in the final too. Uh, I think he lost the Copa America final to Chile. I don't know if it was him or Sabela. I don't. Re- he was runner-up back-to-back with Argentina. Oh, it was him. There you go. See? 2015 so, and 2016. So he's really good at runner-up. So, you know, I, I know that stung him. I know that that League of Nations loss. I know it hurt him. And I think this is he wants to get that spin-off, you know. And I think if he gets that Gold Cup win. He already won one with Mexico in 2019. But you already won a Gold Cup? 
Yeah. The one in God 2019. Damn, <laughs> I forgot there was one. I, that was like out of, out of my memory. Right? Every two years. Who who they who they beat the US? Who they beat? Yeah, they beat the US, uh Gio Dos Santos or Jonathan. Jonathan Dos Santos. Yeah. Yep. Man, well there goes my whole argument about second <laughs> places. Scrap that, man. Um, um, I mean, it's one of the few trophies that he's won. So with Newell Old Boys, he won a, a few titles there. Uh, Libertad in Paraguay. And then you got to go to... Damn. Like, you got to go to Atlanta United, his last recent title, MLS Cup 2018. Then Mexico 2019 Gold Cup. And then runner-up for the Nations League. So... Yeah, you know, I mean, all right, that's that's not that bad. It's not bad. That's not that bad. Then, goddamn, there, well, there, there went my whole discourse. I should, <laughs> should have done my homework. It's all good. Um, all I know is, um, you know, Mexico will be going into both tournaments stacked, not just the Gold Cup. Uh, they did announce their Olympic squad that they're taking to Tokyo. Uh, it includes Ochoa. It inclo- includes uh, Luis Romo, Henry Martin. Those are the three overage players that are going. But, you know, Diego Lainez, Alexis Vega, Antuna, Fernando Beltran made the cut. Happy for him. Uh, Canelo made the cut as well. Um, Alvarado. I mean, this team is, like, stacked, man. It might be the most stacked Olympic team we're ever taking. Uh, we already heard word from France. They will not be taking their best players. So does that change your predictions for, for us going 0-3? I know it it, it um, definitely throws them out, man. But I made them, so I'm going to have to stick by. Like I made my bet, <laughs> I made. I'm going to have to. They, they, are taking, they are taking Gignac. And Florian. And, and, uh, and Florian. So, I mean, there you go. Um, no, I, I made my bed, man. I'm going a, I'm to a stay there. But definitely it does. It, it, I mean, it's, 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 a good, it's good for Max that France is not going, you know, they're not, they're not taking all their best players. I'm not going to go and say, hey, we're going to win this tournament. But I think it's not out of the – you know, stratosphere to say top three finish. So you see a medal, you see at least a bronze. I see them at least on the podium. Oh, yeah. The 10th place meme. <laughs> the 10th place meme. <laughs> I mean, this team is stacked and they have experience. That's another thing. You know, a lot of these players are, are got plenty of, of experience going into this Olympic, you know, tournament. So yeah, it's, and, it's different. And that's one thing Max also as well. They've been, you know, they've been pretty good at, at um, working with the youth. You know, that's, that's one thing about Max where for the most part, they've been getting it right. Every time they go to these tournaments, they usually take, as you said, very competitive teams, and they end up doing well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, compared to before, where it seems as like they would just throw something last minute, and and teams wouldn't qualify or the you know exit first round exits and whatnot. Absolutely. Yeah, no, no, but and and then the the other thing that has been obvious is, you know, at the youth level, Mex certainly has that pedigree. They already have a they already have a gold, and they have two under seven, two or three. Two under they seventeen, got, you know, two under seventeen and under twenty. They haven't been that good, but then they haven't been that bad I either. Think they so, got either silver or third place. The under twenty. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's you know they're a team now that you know that they'll you know it's a team you you can you shouldn't be surprised one wouldn't be surprised if they're doing well. Yeah. Kind of had a little bit more thoughts on the Nigeria game. You know, the team, at least from my impression, they're a cohesive unit. You know, they're getting along. They've welcomed Funes Mori with open arms, you know. Like, you know, I was right there behind the goal. And when uh, Hector Herrera scored his second goal, like, he was the first one to embrace him. And, you know, it seems like the the team is getting along well, which is important. Um, you can't control your, your opposition. You know, it's not it's not Mexico's fault that Nigeria had to, had to bring their domestic side. Um, it is it is a shame though because you know Nigeria has a really good team. Um, they have players in, in respected clubs in England and all in Europe, and and that's the kind of football that I would like to see Mexico face more, especially the African teams. We don't really have too many opportunities to face them at you know at full one hundred percent like you know level. So uh, a missed opportunity there. But I was really blown away with. Um, just the vibe in LA, you know, like the fans, it, it just felt like a big party. It felt like Mexico city. There was like people outside the stadium selling beers, selling, you know, fake shirts, selling masks, you know, it was like a Tiangis out there. Uh, yeah. You said, you said you wanted that black and pink, but in, in green. You oh, said black and- <laughs> I, yeah. So like the Mexico Jersey, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a polarizing design. Some people don't like the pink, and, you know, you had seen online, like, concepts of just swapping out the, the pink with a green hue. And <laughs> I'm walking to the stadium, and there's 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 already people selling the, the concept jersey. <laughs> and but people wearing it. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's always been since I remember going since a kid. The walk up to the stadium was always something else. It, 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 it would transform that part of LA, you know, the, the Coliseum area, MLK and Fig and some of those other streets, and and they would just change and and you just, you would see like all the street vendors. Um, it's more common now, but back then, you know, um, you didn't see it as much. So you'll have like the danger dogs or the bacon wrap hot dog vendors and and other people selling all that pirateria merchandise from flags to jerseys and and 
bandanas and and stuff like that. And so I, I don't think I saw it, but before they used to sell like horns. Yeah, you don't see those anymore. So like, yeah, people stop buying them. Uh, but yeah, they used to sell like if you wanted to buy like a like a plastic trumpet. Wow. As I hope my memory is not it's not dodging me like it was earlier, but. <laughs> But yeah, it it is it is crazy. Like the whole ambience, like you said, you feel like you're in, like you're in Max. And you told me, you know, that used to be like the the go to stadium, the Azteca del Norte. It was man. Um, you gotta go before Soccer United Marketing, and so, which they came in around '05. That's when they took over. Um. Well, they didn't take over, but they they cut the contract with with FMF to uh, to organize friendly games. So if you go, you know, back, you know, you go that far back, late nineties, early two thousand, that was the majority of the friendlies. You would you would you know you had obviously more friendlies in Mexico, and then when they came to the U.S., it was mainly it was mainly the Coliseum every now and then you had like probably like Chicago or Miami uh, but but most of the time was just you know that was the to go the to go spot and once the SUM came in some that's it Mex started going to places that you you wouldn't think there were any Mexicans and all of a sudden it was like yeah we're gonna go to Nashville out. and we're gonna go to New York <laughs> And we're gonna go to Texas. <laughs> and we're gonna go to Florida. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> was that uh, Dave Chappelle little little throwback? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> That's from an actual politician. <laughs> you, um, yeah, he made he made a skit making fun of that guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's and that's a you know, and that's one of the things. And then we talked about it briefly how. A lot of fans kind of hate, they'll talk about Moleros and whatnot, but at the same time, they keep going to these games. And then if you see yeah. the other side of the token, if you see the other side of the token, you're having this opportunity you normally wouldn't not have, which is to, to watch the selection. And a lot of times, not just it's the opponent, but a lot of times you want to watch the players to, to get to see them play live. Exactly. Uh, I think it's a bit more of a. It it is more a bit of a I don't know if you could call it luxury if you do get to have this like oh they played Brazil or they played like like the friendly when they played Argentina and Messi was there mm-hmm. so I mean every now and then you do get that that luxury or fortune that you could you get this awesome matchup and and then you get to see this this other big name players but I mean if you're a fan of the team that's to get to see a lot of these guys to play. And it's always, you know, it always looks different when you're at the stadium than watching TV. You get to see way more. A lot of the off-the-ball movement and whatnot. TV, you're just going to see whatever, you know, the camera's just following the ball. A lot of times you're not going to see some of the other stuff happening on the other side of the field. <laughs> it's funny because the the, the same people that, are like, eh, partido bolero, you know, boycott the selection, you know, this is this is why. 
or mediocre, you know, because everybody goes to these games. They're also the first ones. Oh, my God, I'm at the Coliseum selfie. <laughs> <laughs> Chucky Lozano. Dude, every time, every time, man. I've been to uh, quite a few uh, Mexico games, uh, thanks to Soccer Chronicle, you know. We, um, and, uh, you know, the Chucky Lozano chant at every single game. He's the biggest star right now. Unfortunately, you know, because Raul's, you know, broke his Humpty Dumpty head. And, uh, it, you know, it's funny because I, 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 I captured a photo. Uh, if you guys want to see all the photos I took, uh, they're at SoccerChronicle.com. But there's a photo of him. Uh, there was a throw in on, on, uh, on where, on the side where he was and, uh, you know, that little downtime between the ball boy getting the ball to the guy that's about to throw the ball. And, uh, you know, Chucky's like really close to the fans and they start saying his name and he just like looks and puts like his thumbs up, but it's like one of those awkward thumbs up. Like, Hey, like, all right, man, like, I'm just trying to play a game, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like the overly attached girlfriend man you know <laughs> it's like yo just chill man I'm, I'm just a human being you know but the fans man they yeah they give their unconditional love and support to this team so you can't hate them for that, that that's been a talking point though the whole molero thing and and whatnot you 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 don't get good because you played a friendly against Brazil, you know, or because every other friendly selection is gonna play what maybe four times a year. Yeah, and that's not what makes you good. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's your it's it's your um it's your local league because that's what's producing the talent. So you you need a strong domestic league produce enough talent that not only do you ship well not ship but it gets talent that's going to end up getting spread out you know uh, end up in top leagues and whatnot that that those teams even if you don't play friendlies once you get those really good players together they're just gonna you know they they're just gonna be it's not it's that whole talking point. It was just, it's an old one, man. That's from way back when Mex didn't really even play in this many tournaments as they do now. Because some of, some of these tournaments weren't around. Uh, so, some of them come and go, like like uh, Copa America and then, uh, what is it called? Confederaciones, which sad to see go because Mex has that big... You know, they have that cup in their coffers. Yeah. It kind of sucks that it's it's for a tournament. But it could be brought back. You never know. That's that's my hope. Just because Mexico has one. <laughs> and so, so um, yeah, I, I don't, I never bought that, that whole, oh, you know, the team, because they play these, these weak teams and that's why the teams, it's, it's not, nah, that's weak sauce, man. You, you need. It it becomes a bit of a numbers game when you think about it, as far as like pr- producing players. And and so like when you see like some of the big like like Argentina, with with their league has about three hundred players active. You know they have about 
big reason they went up to 30 teams, you know, because, you know, it's a, it's a part of it where they were hurting for money. So they went up to more teams to, cause that's how some, a lot of those clubs survive is through selling players mm-hmm. and, and the number of players they sell abroad. Cause it's impressive, you know, it's like, it's like in the hundreds or I think goes into the thousands because they, they'll sell even to like, to like all the leagues, man. It could be New Zealand. It could be, it could be Philippines. You'll <laughs> find players from, you know, they don't matter, man. They'll, yeah. they'll sell, you know, <clears throat> and that's, you that's see, same with Brazil. You, you see, know, I was all, say, you see a lot of Brazilians end up in like the K league or J league out in like, you know, yeah. Asia and Australia. I mean, cause all you got to do is say you're Brazilian, you know. <laughs> That's all you got to say. Yeah, like, boom, here you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's true. Yeah. Kind of on the topic of exporting players, we had mentioned last episode uh, about a potential rumor, potential trade or loan or purchase of uh, JJ Mack to Getafe. And uh, just a day or two ago, they officially unveiled him. Through one of the most awkward press releases ever, it was a a screen capture of someone playing FIFA, searching for JJ Mack, and offering to purchase him on loan. That is how they announced Jose Juan Macias to Getafe. It was a a FIFA, like FIFA twenty one like thing. It was. I've seen, I've seen I've seen that done before. I can't remember with who. Oh yeah. But, yeah, I've seen it done before. They did it like that. They did the whole, the whole, like they they did it through like the video game thing announcement, and and people weren't sure. I didn't know that's how they did it. I I and I saw the news. It was from from Getafe. You know, someone retweeted Getafe's announcement saying, "Welcome to the Blue Family" or something like that. They're called. Um. But what was interesting was that right away you started having all these negative, really negative tweets from a lot of fans. And, and one that I read caught my mind because it said, it said, you know, it said, remember back when Amex would go abroad and we would all be happy? And it's like now, now it's like if they don't go to certain teams, we start attacking them. And this this truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that. And and then the other one, which was some salt being thrown. It was like this fake rumor that the coach didn't ask for him. It was like the coach, the Getafe coach, didn't even want JJ Mack. But um, that got shut down. Yeah, Martin was one of the one of the first to. You know, speak out against it, and he's he's based in Spain, and he he said how the coach had met with JJ Mack and they had talked, and that that's that's big important news, something that we've talked about here in the podcast before about Mexicans going abroad. Uh huh. That if if the coach, if you get to talk to the coach and they're like, hey, I could, you know, they're upfront with you about about their intentions, you you have you have a better time a better chance than if you just went because some agent placed you and there was some type of deal and they throw you there and then the coach could be like, ah, no obligations, you know? And then 
not not even play you or send you to the reserves so that the coach had been in meetings with him then that that you know i think that paints a good picture there for mr mac absolutely yeah so i I was a little bit confused you know with the details uh because there was also like oh you know Villarreal were interested in purchasing him and then loaning him out to getafe and i was like that's kind of a head scratcher because why if you're chivas who are poor would you pass up on the offer of uh upfront money maybe you know, it was not as much money as they could, you know, probably get if they would have played the long game with Getafe, you know, because with Getafe's loan, there is a percentage, uh, there's a future transfer fee. So, you know, if, you know, Getafe will have the option to buy him and own him and Chivas will get a little bit more money because of the uh, the future, you know, sale or whatever. So, uh, I, I, you know, it's a little bit of a head scratcher, but... Um, I am very happy to hear that, you know, the coach obviously knows about him. It's not just a random signing. And, uh, you know, he was on an exclusive interview with Dudene, and he, he showed his admiration for um, a Maori because he did have genuine intentions. He did fulfill his side of the deal saying, you know, hey, we're going to get you to Europe. Um, and he says he has a great relationship with Amaury Vergara and that he's, you know, he's going to go out there and kill it. And, uh, you know, he knows that, hey, you know, they're really gambling that I have a really, really good season with Getafe because Chivas will end up getting more money if, you know, if he has a great season. So I wish him all the best, man. I mean, it's he's, he's been on a bit of a cold streak. He's willing to miss out on the Olympics. So it's like he's really putting all his eggs in this basket. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, and I hope I hope it goes well for him. I mean, he's he's been a player that he's had his, you know, his his mindset on how he wants his career to play off, and it's 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 been going well for him because when he left Chivas was because they weren't gonna guarantee him a a chance in the first team. Yeah. I believe Higuera wanted to send him to to his second division team. I forget I forget which team he uh, had at the time. Nayarit's right. The, uh, I believe it was one team that he that he owned or he had some stock in, but he was like, "Nope, I'm ready for the big time." And so the deal with Leon was cooked up, and he blew up. And he Coras. Was, Sorry, it's bugging me. Yeah, there you go, Coras. <laughs> I always forget. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, so yeah, and, and he goes to Leon. We all saw what happened there. Just great became became a household name. You know, people are flinging dirt at Chivas and whatnot. And then, um, and then I I feel polite you know, played a role in bringing him back. And Absolutely. A lot of people won't, won't give him credit on that. And this was one of the things that if, that if some deal came, they would, they would let him go. But, but to me, it's like, okay, maybe you're missing out on a big payout, 
but if you're chew ass at the same time, it's one of the things you want to guarantee to Mexican players, especially right now when it's so difficult for them to bring in Mex players. Yeah. And it's you, you want to be a club that it's like, we could help you get there, you know? Because there was a lot of... That's a selling of, um, point now. It is, it is. And, and, and for people to see that, they can't use that against Chivas saying the whole, which, which kind of happened during Vergara era, even though I think they were, the media made it look worse than it was. Because it's like when, when Bravo wanted to leave and then Fabian, and then sometimes you, you get some of these weak offers and it's like, okay, I'm paying you bank. And now you want me to lose money on top of that? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, so sometimes it's the greed of the player as well, where they want, they want everything. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, it was both. And, it, and I mean, they all ended up leaving. Um, well, Bravo did go to Porto and then came back. And that just looked bad. I went to and Deportivo. Then, Oh, did you go to Portugal? Same, same color. Oh, Bravo. Same, same jersey, no. No, Bravo <laughs> went to uh, Deportivo white, white La Coruña. Oh, there you go. White, white and blue. Is it the jersey? Yeah. Why am I thinking Portugal? Oh man. I don't think we've ever that. dealt with uh, any Portuguese club. With any Portuguese club, nah. All right. I'm, I'm losing, Except I'm for um, the only exception was Godinho. Ah, there's, there you go. Probably thinking, but the and then the one that left, uh, he wanted to leave too, and he had problems, and they sent him on loan. Was um, Alanis? Was um, uh, no, no, no. Uh, no team wants him now. It's kind of sad. No um, team wants him now. <laughs> you can say that Marco about a lot Fabian. of players. Mark, <laughs> Mark, no, Marco Fabiando. Marco Fabian. Marco Fabian, yeah. Is he, he still at Juarez? Shit, I don't even. I don't know where he's at, man. He's at some house party still. He's <laughs> getting drunk. Um, this dude, but remember, because he had, he was at Chivas, and he was like the next big thing. He has that that awesome game against Barcelona. Scores, scores a hat trick, I believe, including okay. a chilena, and he's he's like at the top of the world. And and he wanted to leave, and they, they wouldn't, but I don't think there was any concrete good offers. Yeah. And, but it's still, it caused problems, and made Chivas look bad. And then the way they brought him back was when um, Nestor de la Torre came back to the club, and he, he brought him from Cruz Azul. He was almost in a similar deal as JJ Mack, where he's on loan, but they have an option to buy. But he, he's like, you know what, you know, come play here and, and the offer comes and I'll facil- facilitate you know the transfer and he ends up leaving to, to Germany uh, I don't even want to say the club anymore Frankfurt here on my Frankfurt <laughs> he, and so he leaves but but after that you know it's it's just been well, a shit show with Chivas but, yeah. but now with the, the club you could say it's like restructuring new management new everything um, you know and and now that Vergara's gone and and um, Iguera, which was the big 
the big mover there. Uh-huh. And so I do think you have to start kind of fresh with that. And and I think that's that was a step in the right direction, even though it might not seem so, because it's like, you know, we're going off of that, what was it, 25 million back when he was at Pachuca, which, which even then it was like, there was never any like concrete offer, you know, and I think so. I think the media a lot of times they they blow up, smoke up our asses, and we end up, you know, believing some of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, Macias going, um, it's exciting. More. <laughs> yes, it can. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it. It's they're not relatively a, a big club, so I mean he's guaranteed to start. Maybe not start, but it's guaranteed to get a lot of minutes. And another player that's being rumored to go to Spain is Orbelin Pineda, uh, potentially to Celta de Vigo. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, his contract is expiring at the end of December. So uh, if you're Cruz Azul, you're gonna want to basically take any offer you're. Uh, that comes your way. There was even rumors of him yeah, they, returning to Chivas. Were, yeah, because there was talk that he didn't want to stay there. I'm not sure what, and it's you know it could be different, different reasons. You know why he might not want to be at the club. Doesn't have to be negative. I think he just um, similar to Macias. He has aspirations of going to Europe. He's still a relatively young player. He's, oh, if he wants, yeah, yeah, if he wants to go to Europe. But I mean the whole Chivas thing than that. Because if he ended up at Chivas, then that would be like, I wouldn't say a step down, but I would think Cruz Azul would be paying him more money and he would be just better positioned, I guess. I don't know, unless he feels more at home at at Chivas. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I know his dad was a diehard Cruz Azul fan, so... Um... I don't know if that had any influence on, you know, his decision to to play for the club. Uh really quickly, we have uh Ricardo. Welcome to the podcast, Ricardo. He uh he was making me laugh with uh, some of his comments. Oh. He said Funegol, Chicharito who? And <laughs> uh he's saying Macias will be back in a year, then he'll end up at Austin FC. <laughs> uh nah. I don't know about could, that one. It could happen. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's actually that scenario could very well play out. That's <laughs> why we laugh. But, you know, the, it's funny because it's true. But he he could also end up having a, you know, just making it abroad, man. It's it's not always. I I think right now for him, the the big um, the big obstacle is not having the EU passport. That's, yeah, that's the that's the main thing for him, more more so than I would say like his talent or his ability. It's just that man, and it, it kind of sucks. For, you know, like you're you're pretty much third class citizen in Europe if you don't have that, if you don't have that EU passport, and you're not a, a very big name. Yeah, to the point where uh. Boyo Brisueño is actually in Spain right now trying to get his European passport because 
he qualifies for one uh, thanks to some lineage. I guess if you are like Jewish and Spanish descendant, you get to get a European. I don't know. He was explaining to it on social media. I'm like, what, dude? Like, no. Well, if if you have, if you could, if you have like a a grandfather or great grandfather, you could get it right away. Oh, okay. Um, if you go more further back, but then at that point you would have to probably pay, you know, to get to get all the paperwork, and then it would probably still take time, but it would speedate the process. But I think if you have like a, a grandparent, yeah, uh, it's it makes it you don't have to do like the whole two years. I think. Yeah, I think it's two or three years in Spain. Yeah, which is which is if you think about it, it's not it's not that long. No, it's not that long. Not bad which was at all. The, the which was where where Ochoa messed up because he shouldn't have left when he was at um. Well, he messed up twice because then I think at France he he was gonna qualify. And then he left France. Ochoa has made some of the worst <laughs> career decisions like I've ever seen. Yes, um, where his agent was, man. Whoever his agent needs to throwing darts. And that guy should be pushing carts at Walmart, man. That guy should get fired because he was at Asio, Asio, and uh, he was there for like three years, man. And you know the team got relegated to the second division. He didn't want to stay. There was a fan that was willing to Didn't sell he? sell his house just to afford his wages, and he decided to leave Man. to Malaga. Unfortunately, a deal to Liverpool fell apart because of his failed drug test. So he ends up at Malaga, oh. and then he ends up getting bodied by uh, a Nigerian uh, goalkeeper, and he ends up riding the pine for years. And he still didn't get his European passport. (laughs) The goalkeeper coach was also Nigerian, I think. It was just a bad deal all around, man. But yeah, you're right. He he should have stayed in France, though. I think if he stayed that one extra year, he would have had his French French passport. He speaks French, man. That was was my favorite version of uh, Ochoa because... (laughs) He was in France. He had like a porn star stash and he was blocking amazing shots from like Slatan and all these. Oh yeah. When he played, when he played against you, that was kept him a clean sheet, man. (laughs) I remember that he made the highlight reels. Yeah. So not to, you know, be the barrier of bad news, but you know, with Macias gone, and with uh, a few Chivas players that are going to be indisposed at the start of the season, uh, I am not, as a Chivas fan, I am not looking forward <laughs> to the beginning of, of the season because we're going to be missing Nene Beltran, Angulo, Alexis Vega, and Antuna. So, And we haven't signed anybody. So, so I mean, do we, ha- do we even have enough... Players to have a starting eleven right now, like is yeah, man. They, is they bad. got the cantera, dude. They they got the cantera. Yes. It's like the 
2006 Chivas team all over again when, uh, you know, we sent all our players to the national team so they could go to their camp. And then we ended up going to like the playoffs with like a bunch of, uh, (laughs) bunch of reserve players that had never even played in the first division. Chaton Enriquez being one of them. Avila, man. Yeah, well, that's the, that's part of the thing, you know, where where clubs just there's not that many Mexicans, and and their clubs just they don't really care to to sell right now, uh, and and if you're Chivas, you're not just gonna buy any player, you have to be pretty selective of, of who you're going after, and and it's it hasn't been easy for them, um, you know. Yeah, so absolutely. I think that that's the tough stuff, man, and I think. A lot of Chiva, I should say, Chi hermanos should should understand that man. It's it's it was long time coming. As soon as the league went into, okay, you you could field eight foreigners. That was that was pretty much it, man. That was a ganchazo right into Chivas. It was like all of a sudden you went from, I think it was 60, 60 foreigners to like a hundred and eighty. I don't know, but but how many players there now got cut off? You know, if, yeah. if you went from sixty to like over a hundred foreigners, that's a bunch of players that that are just gone now. Then that's less for Chivas to choose from. So, yeah, ouch. So you're just saying look internally, and I think that's fair. Well, they have they have no other choice. <laughs> um, they really don't. Um, just Tapatio and, and whoever they could bring up from there and and play them. Can't just go buy a bunch of scrubs and hope one of them makes it. I think they've been pretty diligent about when it comes to who they're gonna who they're gonna buy. And I think the ones they went after, they just they just weren't able to land. Um, who was it? Um, Araujo. I don't. I don't know what happened with this possible transfer because I heard he was leaving Spain, and then it's like the news just sort of died out. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know if you heard anything about Nestor Araujo. Um, from my understanding, he's still a Celta Vigo player. Yeah, and then Moreno, but I knew that was a long shot. Yeah, Moreno's. I knew if uh, one of the. Rayados. I knew if one of the Monterrey teams was was. Interested, they were gonna get him, and and uh, and then the other Aguirre would come down to Pachuca and ah Pachuca man, they like to they really like to triple charge Chivas. Yeah. No, like it makes it makes their sense. Favorite, their favorite customer man, they see Chivas coming in, the prices just automatically go up. It's just uh. I'm looking at this, you know, I'm on the Chivas website. I'm looking at our, our, our team, our official team, and uh, looking at who's left in the striker department. Chino Huerta, Angel Saldivar, and uh, Oribe Peralta. Also, Ronaldo Cisneros, although, if I'm not mistaken, I thought Ronaldo was going to be loaned out. So, um, that's going to be like our, our forwards for at least three to four fixtures to start the season. And uh, that's that's the guy that they killed when they sent him to Monterrey. They did. It still gets to me, man. He was he was his progress was doing good. 
I think he had about six goals per season for like he had a great seasons. He had a great and run, he, man. He was in great form. He was, yeah, he was consistent, and and six goals might not seem like a lot, but but if we go down the list of like goleadores, the the really top ones, they they'll go into the double digits, but but the pretty good, decent ones, they're about that amount. They're about like six, seven, you know, eight, depending. And but I mean, dude was still young enough. You're just hoping you'll have a, a breakout season. And he he could go up that number, and then they they sent him to Monterrey, and Monterrey just buried him. And yeah, they sent they sent us a tronco in return, and I never quite understood that whole deal because I know they wanted that midfielder. Um, what was his name? Our I captain. Mean, yeah, Jesus Molina. That's that's what I heard that they would only. They would only sell Molina if if it came with a with a with a loan trade. Send Saldivar and they're gonna send us a what was it? Ma, Madrigal. Or Madrigal, who's yeah, like man. I don't even know where like his career is at right now. The walking tree from Lord of the Rings. He was like those. <laughs> just a big, he a literally is tronco, a walking man. tronco, man. He's six <laughs> three. This dude's huge, man. I remember when uh, I talked about it before. I saw him when uh, Chivas came out to Sacramento to play a friendly, and I was like, "Who the hell is this dude, man? This dude's freaking huge!" And then seeing him on the ball, I'm just, "Oh my god, this guy's terrible." <laughs> yeah, and they, I don't know, man. They it, it just ah it killed me, dude. It killed me. I've seen few, and it, it yeah, it killed me to see that dude. We're going to have to see if Chevy Martinez is back healthy. I know he had, had suffered a really bad injury. Maybe we can get him back up to the to the first team. Michel Benitez, uh, Zaid Munoz, Oscar Macias. Uh, some of these guys have been uh, doing really well for Tapatio. And, uh, well, we... it, it, it's, if Saldivar can get back to that form. Yeah. You know, if, if, if mentality is there, because it's like you're not getting another shot like this. Like if if you if you can't do shit at Chivas, there's there's no team that's gonna take you, man. You're you're looking at Liga de Ascenso or, or. I mean, he had after Rayados. Remember, he went to Puebla and he still couldn't hang. You know, so it's like, damn, bro. <laughs> You know, oh, this is his last shot, so he better. He it better, is like his, his like third chance, bro. He's got a he's a cat with like nine lives. <laughs> yeah, him, and then I'm I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping Oribe, man. I, that's another guy. I I keep thinking every year this his contract's gonna expire, but he seems like I don't this know dude. what kind of contract he got, man. <laughs> He's on the retirement he, contract right now. He's he's getting his social security. He's, he's getting his his he's pension, got those man. Rollover minutes, man. He, and so I mean, man, I'm hope I don't. He was really damaged goods, man. They just he was all broken up. So I mean, I'm I'm hoping he's healed. I, I would like him, I, you know, because I, I man, he he's what he did for Selección. You know, this guy he did a lot. Of, I would like to see him 
have at least a good season before he retires and not not go out the back door, man, just causing um you know lastima and, and you know just looking looking bad, people calling him trash and whatnot, and it's it's yeah. Know, I mean, if you're, I mean, think about it. If you're Oribe Peralta, you're like 30, 40 years old. I don't know how old he is. You're getting paid millions <laughs> and you're not even playing. So it's like, why would you rock the boat? You know, it's not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, you guys can continue to pay me as much as you want. You know, that's, that's on you guys. You know, for me, I no, don't, I don't care if I play or if I don't play. I already, you know, already won the gold, you know, the gold. In With, the Olympics, is his contract is his contract he had with Ame, so America hooked him up, and then the deal with Chivas is supposed to be loan, but a loan deal is usually like a year. It's like the Mets by player. Now, by, by by now it feels like four years. It's like that <laughs> like Mets player that um, he he get, he's getting paid from the Mets for thirty years. Damn. What? Yeah, it's like uh, it, it was it just happened. It's uh, July first. Man, well, is he fifteen? How old is this kid? Uh, is this Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla. Uh, oh no, that's too old. Last played in two thousand one. Deferred salary arrangement, <laughs> and uh, they pay him a million every July first since twenty eleven. And will continue to do Damn. so until 2035. <laughs> wow, so, man. Yeah, they like owed him money. And instead of getting it all up front, he asked if, you know, just pay me he this over the course the of like, yeah, he, he, he did the long like the, game. Like the scratchers, like, like <laughs> a million a year for 25 years. He, California gold scratcher. Man. <laughs> That's. Yeah, that seems like Oribe's contract, man. Except he's with Chivas, but America's paying him. It's it's so weird. Um, yeah, yeah so I don't know, man. it's I'm I'm just like you know I didn't have much optimism going into you know going thinking now you know Liga Mekis and Chivas and I you know I wasn't looking too excited because I knew Macias was on his way out and. Uh, I knew that the Olympics were going to happen, but um, yeah, it's just even even more of a reason why we're probably going to be, you know, zero and three, zero and four to start the season. Uh, they did release the schedule, and I think Chivas have somewhat of a you know a, a soft pitch. They have like San Luis, Juarez, and I think like Santos to start the season. So not terribly. Bad, but you know it's just it's gonna be tough, man. It's a blast season. They lost to this week. They did. <laughs> San Luis, Puebla, and Juarez to start the season. Yeah, so that's the that's the schedule. Yeah, man. Well, and it sucks, man. It sucks for my boy right here, Mister Midas, who's a teach. You know, gets gets a lot of flack. But at the same time, the club has not gotten him one player, man. Not not one player. <laughs> On the contrary, players keep leaving. <laughs> he got rid of five players now. You think of the, the four players that got sent out, you know, trophies and all them. 
Chofis, Pocho Guzmán, Vialpando, <laughs> Alexis Peña. Yeah, Chofis. Yeah, now, now JJ Mack. Like they, now JJ Mack. They, they remove prices. Like they, they keep making the, the difficulty setting. It's like if, like, you know, Jeff Gordon, right? Like NASCAR <laughs> racer, like, you know, it was one everything. It's like if they said, hey, man, we want you to, like, race with us. Uh, and here's a Ferrari. And then, you know, you sign the deal. You're like, all right, cool. And then halfway through the season, hey, by the way, um, yeah, uh, we're missing a few pistons, a few wheels, uh, and uh, we're out of gas. Uh, good luck trying to win this race. <laughs> it's like, what, bro? How am I supposed to do anything? I don't have a working car. His crew pit goes from five to like one, one. One guy that has to change the tires. <laughs> it's just, with, a, with a jack that doesn't work. And then they're like, hey, but look, look, we don't have, we're out of professionals to help you out with this task, but uh, we have all these kids from my auto shop class, you know? <laughs> That's true. They, they bring a bunch of girls. From <laughs> they're still learning, but, you know, they're young. From the college. <laughs> Yeah, that's what Wu said, man. I, I think fans need to cut in some slack. It's hard to work under the, those conditions, man. And and um, yeah, it sucks. Well, they're uh, they're sucks. grilling you in the comments, man. Oh, bring it, bring it, man. Oh, what 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 are they saying? Is it? Uh, Ricardo's been trolling the whole episode. Ah, he. Uh, he says that I've been a long time listener since you guys started the pod. I'd like to debate uh, with Joel. And, uh, <laughs> he was saying that, uh, Vu, Vu excuses, one word. <laughs> and he said, Chevy Martinez is more like a Honda than a Chevy. <laughs> it's, it's a Honda. Chivas need a dose of reality and a new owner, not some lame wannabe movie director. I do agree with it's, that. It's, it's true. Well, see, it's, it's true. What he's saying is true. Uh, they are excuses, but at the same time, they're valid. Yeah. You know, as, as far as a, it is an excuse, but but it's a valid one. Him going into a club, he comes in, they can't get him any players, and then he's, he's going into his third season and instead of getting players, he's lost players. He's lost like five now. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, so yeah, I, I get that a lot of the criticisms, but at the same time, it's like he's not being given much to work with. Um, and then, and then the, the about the owner, that is true. I, I, I one thing I, I, I talked about how well we we were talking about because we were we were comparing what is it like like. FEMSA and, and CEMEX and hmm. you got these other big companies and then you have Only Life and I, I guarantee you a majority of people did not had not heard of Omni Life until until Bergara Bachivas. Like I, I never, you know I up to this point I've never even seen a store. I've never even seen their products. It's a MLM scheme. Well, and, and, but you know, and, and I know they kind of sell, like they'll have like that kind of Avon lady type of thing going on. Um, 
but but yeah i don't see it as a company that has that much money and so there was talk i remember a long time ago of, of possibly um slim slim buying chivas and i know it died out around the time because they, they built the stadium yeah and so now it's like you have to buy the stadium too you know because we're not going to use it if you you know well, yeah it's part of the anymore. it's part of buying the franchise is like the stadium is uh is owned by chivas so you yeah. know that must have raised well, the evaluation of the club to the point where you know maybe it's not i don't know yeah viable i think that yeah i think that's that's made investors probably stay away a bit and i know um it's crazy no. though, man. You got like the freaking Cleveland Browns being evaluated at like over a billion dollars. The Cleveland <laughs> well, Browns, probably, ladies and gentlemen, they don't even have a mascot. The... What kind of name is the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> like, that's a color. It's not even a name or a culture or nothing. There's no brand there. But, and because, but the TV, the, the TV contract is, is you yeah. Know, not that I'm they underestimating. Still play the Yankees yeah. and whatever other big teams. I'm, I'm not. I'm not underestimating like there. the NFL. I understand like. Globally, it can generate a lot of money. Oh, the Browns is football. I was thinking baseball. No, no, no. The Browns. See, you don't even know. That's what I'm saying. Oh. That's the whole point. It's like, uh, it's, well, I heard of them, but but I mean, it, they're still going to play the other big teams. Yeah. The, the, what I'm saying though is like Cowboys and whatnot. It baffles me <laughs> that Chivas being the biggest club in Mexico and a you know it's a huge it's TV, right? iconic team, and there's a stadium included. And you can get it for only three hundred million. Like it's like that is so cheap. That is like for me. I, but, but the TV, the TV contract, I mean, so like I the just, NFL, oh man, that has the package same as EPL. So that's that's where the, you can make the money through the through the TV, and then that makes the sponsor the sponsorships worth that much more money. And so, Chivas TV deals are weak sauce. That means so. Then that means they're sponsors for jerseys, and and then even ad boards drops. So it's even cheaper now. This is really good. Um, and I oh man, I can't find it. All I'm, dude. Really all, good, um, for me, like, hopefully the silver lining of this Amazon Prime docu series <laughs> that everybody's making fun of. Hopefully some dude in Arabia or, you know, some rich person, some billionaire watches this, realizes, does a little bit of research, realizes how big this club is and how cheap they can get it for and turn it into like this huge global iconic, like, I don't know, man. I just see this huge vision for Chivas. You you need the TV contracts, man. I know you do, but it's like... it's 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 well, like money on the table, man. It's like it's like buying Dogecoin at like a penny right now. It's like this team <laughs> could be worth so much more money because it only plays yeah. because of like the history and stuff. And it's just like, how is there no? I mean, I'm sure there's interest, but I know Amadi's not going to sell, you know, because of his dying wish with his dad and all that stuff. But come on, man, this team deserves like some some cash, some investments, some angel but inv- something, man. There's no way well, yeah, we're going he- broke. Well, that's, I think that's what the league's working at, and that's one of the reasons they did the whole no no relegation. You know, they're trying to restructure the league, and there was even talk about getting rid of, well, it sort of did, but I don't know if it's for a longer term, or getting rid of the whole 
relegation thing. Yeah. And I know they've, they've done other stuff, but ultimately it's going to come down to trying to have some type of TV package, you know, more more similar where it's like a league-wide deal as opposed to like club by club. And so yeah. I think once they do that, um, it, it could be, it could mean more money all around. And then that would, that would immensely help Chivas. And I think that, you know, and we've seen why they've been trying to break away from that because, and it's been costing them, you know, they, they left Televisa and, and the, the Chivas TV thing. But since that, they've lost money because Chivas TV obviously did not bring in the money they thought they would. Because <laughs> then they, they went they went back to You're telling me my six ninety nine subscription isn't sustaining nah, Chivas? It's not, it's not cutting it, dude. And then <laughs> at one point they were like at five different T V stations and, and we would think, Okay, more money, but no, not really, because it's not exclusive. If you were to sell it as an exclusive, then yeah, you you could make yeah. way more money, but it's everyone's showing that, so it's less because Chivas at one point when they were at Televisa, you know, before all that happened, so they would guarantee you 11 million. That was their viewership in Max, 11 million. That was their TV rating. So imagine, so 11 million, right? So if you wanted uh, sponsorships, they would know. Okay, if if they're watching your game, your the, whatever, it's it's this is how many people are gonna get to see the product. Yeah. If you're advertising at 11 million. But now you cut that up through five different stations and it's no longer 11. It's, you know, it's all butchered up. I wonder how much Telemundo is paying them. I'm sure they're probably their biggest, biggest contract. And, you know, they didn't release the info. And then it was like, it wasn't a set contract. I, I think we talked about it here. It was like, it was like a year by year type of thing. Yeah. So that was like, damn. <laughs> I know. Because so I was like, if they if they would have gotten that, and I was banking on that, I was banking that Chivas would get that nice five year deal, would have landed them anywhere from eighty to like about a hundred million. Nope. And and you know you have to see what was going on in the U.S. with the whole Disney acquiring Fox and all that stuff. It just ended up hurting Chivas as well. So, a question from the audience. Uh, They're asking, how did Vergara buy Chivas? He, so, Chivas was broke. They lost a lot of money just because it became more expensive. You know, Campionissimo was in the 50s, late 50s, going into the 60s. But between the 60s, 70s, football started becoming more professional in Mex. Uh, and, you know, 70s, they have the World Cup, 86, World Cup again. But but by, like, the 70s, 80s, that's when you saw these, like, like there was just, just more money coming in from, from other teams where they were paying players now. And it's just becoming, becoming more expensive to, to run a club. And and so I guess how Chivas was like OG club. It was it was with actual the um, 
what was it? What are they? Socios. Because uh-huh. that's a club, you know. You could call a team a club, but it doesn't have socios. It's not really a club. It's just, you know, it's just a name. So mm. they were they were an actual club where they had all these socios, and the socios had had stock in the team. And ah oh man, I guess these guys just didn't know how to manage it. So so by the nineties, um, I think that's when they were really broke, and and um, and that's when uh, what was it? La Promotora came in and they rented out the club. So the promotora was with uh, Martinez Garza, and the um, the promotora was was they owned they owned um, Mex Lube. So that's when you saw the jersey, the Ava jersey. Yep. Had Mex Lube, and then on the side they had Pemex. So Mex Lube came about through some government contracts. So the government, Mex government owns the Pemex, which is the oil. Right. gasoline and so they said we're gonna let we're gonna let a company sell the lubricants and so martinez garza and, and a couple other people leaños included some other businessmen i think i think i'm not sure they were all from jalisco area, but they they end up getting that contract and they create the mex loop company and then that was that was Promotora ended up saying, all right, we're going to rent out Chivas. We're going to rent them for 10 years. And then that was supposed to help help the club get back on its feet. But after nine years, um, they were still broke. I don't know what the hell was going on there, man. <laughs> money. I don't know what they were doing. It's all but laundered Mex, or what? Mex, well, Max Lou was doing some shady stuff and they ended up getting they're getting like shut down they got like shut down they they lost their stuff and that's when um that's when it, it was not even the 10 years it was about the nine year mark and so when the whole mex loop thing it, it shit hit the fan and then the government was like all right we're taking the contract and and i guess they had to like i don't know it's profeco which is like they have to like see what's going in what's going on there because it's it's like it's some money i guess they were misdirecting funds mm. i don't know man there's some some shady stuff going on wow <clears throat> so then so then the club that's when um chivas didn't know what to do man there was even talk that televisa was gonna was gonna take over the club they weren't gonna be that they weren't gonna own <laughs> it but they were gonna like manage it and so there was a big uproar over that. There was talk that um, Phil Anschultz, well, Phil Anschultz owned pretty much all of the MLS. And and so there was talk of him, you know, maybe even taking over. And then just Vergara came out of nowhere and he 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 bought the club, the socios, man. And that's the one thing where I've been wanting to talk to a socio. was like, these guys were like rats out of water. They were just willing to sell that you know i know that's crazy dude uh, how are you so willing to to let go of your stock in chivas like what you know so obviously there was some stuff going on there where it's like i'm getting rid of this you know and and i'm my my take has been that some of these dudes were involved with the whole promotora stuff and they probably just needed money to pay off whatever 
It's that short-term thinking that is uh, holding us back, man. Not just, well, you know, Chivas, well, but Mexico in general. The, same. the more things change, so the more they stay the same because, you know, Talanos Promotoras, they're still around. I'm not saying they're bad, but they're still around. So we have a Leano with working with the youth. And then we have uh, Akron sponsoring the team. And Akron is pretty much... Mex Lube. They're, it's, yeah, they were <laughs> the Lube. And they're, the, they're the sons of the Martinez Garza. They passed away a couple of years back. So they're still, you see a lot of the same people still there. With They still have their paws in Chivas. Um, they're still like benefiting, I guess. Uh, but that that's that's pretty much. I think a lot of mismanagement of the funds, not not knowing how to manage the club properly, and and transition from that whole kind of semi-pro to professional type of thing. They just didn't know how to how to go about it right. Mm. Wow. And and you know to this point it they they still having a lot of issues with money and it's it's not just Chivas to be to be fair, you know, it's a lot of clubs that they just go bankrupt or they lose a lot of money and and you see it in Europe which is why a lot of these teams are owned by the oil company, you know, by the by the Saudis now. Yeah. And you see all these EPL teams and and they were clubs too, a lot of them. I don't know if they still count as clubs, but then, you know, majority stock is owned by some dude in Qatar or some prince you know, from Saudi Arabia. Well, so yeah, man, having a club is like a really expensive hobby, man. It is expensive you're, hobby. Most, most, you're, you're not really going to make money. You're going to lose money. And, you know, I just hope that, eventually Mexico can get the exposure that they deserve because, you know, it's an entertaining league. There's, there's always drama. There's always excitement going on. You know, sometimes you watch these premier league matches or league one or Serie A and you just want to blow your brains out because they're so boring. And uh, don't get me wrong. You know, no one, nobody wants to see Querétaro versus, you know, like San Luis, but at least one thing that's always guaranteed in Mexico is there's drama, especially in Liguilla. And, uh, yeah, you, it's just a shame that, you know, people don't really know about it outside of you know Mexico and the United States. Because uh, I think it would be pretty entertaining for, for people in, in the U.K. or in Europe or, you know, maybe even in South America there's a huge following with Mexico. I follow this one Twitter hang- handle, and they're from Argentina, but they – post a bunch of Liga MX stuff. And I'm like, wow, man, like we have fans outside of Mexico. Like, you know, people like us. So, well, I mean, we wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, just cause the amount of Argentines that end up in Mex. Yeah. And, and a lot of the big names, uh, and then our fans over there can be very passionate and, and they'll follow some of their favorite players. And we've had like really big players, you know, Claudio, Claudio Piojo Lopez, uh, Bam you know, Bam. No, but he's not Argentine. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's about time you got one wrong. It yeah. Just me. I was beginning to feel awkward. Hi, me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they, and then even coaches, man, from Menotti, Pasarela. Um, so so many Peckerman was, was in Mex. That's right. Uh, Bielsa was in Mex. Uh, and you see. Avolpe. 
Nah, he don't. He wasn't never really. Hey, he won a World keeper. Cup, man. No, he was third keeper, but he wasn't like. <laughs> he has a World Cup tro- uh, t- uh, medal or whatever, man. Not too many people can say he, that. He, no, he does, but I'm saying he, he's not. He wasn't like known like, I know. the way some of these other guys are. I know. But but yeah, we've seen we've seen so many players come into Max, and that's that's always been a. That's always been a point right there where, where you, you know, and, and probably like even from, from, from other, like, like you said, Sanorano, so even like Chilenos and whatnot, but, but that's how you also end up with a lot, like right here, especially in the U.S., where it'll be like, like you'll have like Central Americans or South Americans following the league because, you know, they'll have some good players like when they had um, Cerritos, Pavon, Pavon and then they had uh, that other guy, Suazo, San Monterrey. Yeah. Um, so you know, you, that's that's a big reason. But I, I don't I don't see Europe. I don't see that happening in Europe as much as people talk about. Oh, they they're not shown in Europe. Like with, with all the football they have, like, do you think people are even gonna watch? Um. They will because, for some reason in England, it's really hard to watch your team on television. Like, I think they like black out a lot of those matches, so they they can't even see their own their own football. Sometimes, <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, what time slot, man? It'd be like three in the morning. <laughs> come home from the pub drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. This is how one one of the dudes. Uh, that ended up working in Liga MX. So he used to write a lot. Uh, I got to write with him a couple times. Uh, Tom Harrison, he, I haven't seen him tweet as much, but he used to like tweeting a lot about stats and whatnot. But he, when they watch like a late night, it's like, a, I think he said it was like a Morelia versus some scrub team. And he just ended up liking the league, man. He just he thought it was wild. And That's what I'm saying. Fan of, he became a big fan of Liga MX. And he started, like, just writing, you know, writing about the league and whatnot. And he ended up working at Santos Laguna for, like, a year. That was... Oh, that wow. Was, uh, we had him in the pod. This was years ago, though, but... Gotta check up on him. <laughs> so, uh, I haven't heard of him in a long time. While we wrap up episode 292, there is a question from the audience specifically for you, Joel. Uh, uh, he's, uh, Ricardo wants to know if you would have preferred Chivas to win a uh, Copa Libertadores over the or, or a Club World Cup. No, oh, come on, man. That's a softball. I'm 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 disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Ricardo has so many great observations and he, he throws me this. Nah, man, Libertadores. And really, when, over a Club World dude, Cup. Libertadores is OG, man. Club World Cup's like three games. <laughs> a Libertadores is like a like a you know, fifteen round death match. <laughs> it's, it's, it carries more weight. Trust me, man. It. it just carries more weight. 
the class workers just salsa, dude. Ah, you beat some Euro team on a... Who cares, dude? Oh, I see. Like, it's just, to me, more prestigious, more historic cup. Predates the, the Champions League, too, man. And, and it's over 100 years Chivas old, right? Lost, yeah, man. When Chivas lost that final, dude, I uh, kid you not, I didn't, I stopped watching soccer. I, I couldn't watch it anymore. Dang. I, like, completely, like, cold turkey just dropped everything, dude. That was like, and I didn't watch for like two or three years. Damn, not like that? A single game. Yeah, dude. I was like, I just, I couldn't, dude. That was a tough. That was a tough final to win, man. Inter was a great team, and I know. But the whole build up to it, everything, it was like, like Chivas could have even had refuerzos because you're allowed. Yeah. To take three players, and the club didn't even do that. The club didn't even say, "Okay, it, it, let's, it, let, let me pick some guys from," you know. If I'm not mistaken. That final was like really spaced out between semis and final. Like I think that that if I'm not mistaken, that like final took place like after the World Cup. It was just at a weird, weird time because well, Ch- Chivas yeah. had sold uh, Chicharro. And something I've I've lamented because I, I remember and and I said the story again. Uh, I'm gonna I'm say it again. Uh, I'll bore you guys with it. I remember seeing the River Plate Libertadores final, and they had um, Crespo, and that was his last game. He was going to Parma, and and he ends up scoring. I think he scores two goals, but they win. But I was like, why couldn't Chivas do that, man? If they're in Libertadores, and you're in the finals, why not hold on to this dude, and say like, you 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 know he's yours, but after this all important match. And and around the time of the final, he's with Man U playing an MLS All Star game, and so that dude, come on, man, that really hurt for me, man. <laughs> it's true. Like, what are we doing, dude? This guy just Vergara wanted to just say, "Oh, I sold to Man U." Like, who cares, man? She I know. Made At least get the job the done, dude. That would have been historic. The first. Max team to win Libertadores and then smacking all the South American haters in the face like a cock slap because it's all Mexicans. They can't talk shit about, well, you're full of South Americans. That just would have been at least a good 10 years of shit talking, you know? So (laughs) check this out. Having it over them, dude. Chivas. So I'm looking at the dates here. Uh, after a six-week break because of the 2010 FIFA World Cup, the first leg of Copa Libertadores semifinals took place the week of July 28th. So I was right that the because yeah. it was weird because like I remember like Chivas looked a lot different after the World Cup, you know, because they. <laughs> You know, there's such a big that's six weeks after your quarterfinals and then you do semis and then the final, like I don't know. You know Well even even and then I think I think what had happened was um Chivas I I don't know if they had qualified or they were gonna qualify, but I remember you we had the Fiebre Porcina, the Chilean team did not wanna play 
that was the swine flu tournament yeah yeah and then i think max was like all right you're gonna be like that because because chivas had offered we could play in a neutral venue you don't have to come to max you know and they presented like four venues like ecuador costa rica uruguay and the chilean team was like no we want those three points we want to win those three points on the you know on the desk we don't want to win them on the field and so i think they end up booting them but then i think max league was like all right well we're out and they had just i think they had santander as the banco santander as the sponsor banco santander was like hey man we we we're banking on the max league being here yeah so then that's that's when they were like okay come back and then you chivas will automatically be in the final um it was uh so the group stage had just finished chivas were gonna play in the knockout phase and then oh, there you go. See yeah that. and they got they got removed from from the 20 uh, uh 2009 libertadores yeah. and then yeah they immediately qualified for the knockout phase of the 2010 so yeah, and that's that's what bugged me because it's like if you own Chivas and you're in the knockout phase, you want to say, okay, let me try to win this cup. Exactly. Let me, let me try to get these players. And it's like, okay, maybe there's no money, but then you could try to get them on loan. You could get, I think it was up to three players you could get on loan. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even try that. And so, man, those two things <clears throat> was like... Oh, it was gut wrenching for me, and then letting go of Chicharro was even. Yeah, that was the nail in the coffin, worse, you know. And that I was like, <laughs> and then I knew, man. I was like, this opportunity is not gonna, probably not present itself again. Probably not gonna get to see it no more. And, and we didn't you know, know at the time. Yeah, but it's just so difficult to make it, you know, to, to, to make a final of a tournament like that. Wow! Especially a team like Chivas, that it's every every ten years to win a liguilla. So I'm thinking, man, to I not we had get to see this again. Crazy! I'm looking at the top goal scorers in that tournament. James Rodriguez was playing for Banfield at the time. He had five. Wow! And then uh, Chivas had Omar Bravo with five. So pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man, and that was like for me. I was. Out once they lost that final, it just we beat Vélez, we beat Libertad, we beat U de Chile, and then Inter in the final, man. And then you know, Marco Fabiano was one of the most amazing goals I've ever seen. <laughs> that little scissor kick and gave us a little little spark of hope. Why, why are you opening all wounds there? I, <laughs> I had put yeah. that away. I had, I had, it's uh, it's been 11 it, years, man. That away, deep, deep. <laughs> yeah, it has, man. But it hurt me more than the than the, than the I, 2002 loss to the U.S. at the World Cup. You know, that final didn't hurt as much for me as oh. getting eliminated in back-to-back semis in twenty in 2005 and 2006. Those, for me, were more painful because uh-huh. we lost to Paranaense. Like, come on, man. You know, and, and, and it's, in the, it's in the nature of how we lost because Mexico had been invited to the Confederations Cup. So we literally played without like six of our players. Well, yeah, that's that's La Volpe took all these players. 
he even took the goalkeeper that he didn't even use. Um, I think they were using, uh, was it Corona? They were using Jesus Corona, I think. Yep. Oribe Peralta. And, on, on loan, but I think he takes Corona and doesn't even play him. <laughs> so he took a couple guys that he didn't even use. Yeah. And, and so I think that's where the club needed to be like, hey, if you're not going to use him, this is very important for us. So I don't know what the club was doing, man. Just trying to look good by saying, oh, look, we have 10 seleccionados. And it's like, that's just, come on, man. Yeah. So, hour and a half. want to thank all the listeners for joining in. Our uncondition- unconditional yeah, support. Thank you, guys. Ricardo trolling, but we appreciate you, man. <laughs> Uh, John was in the comments as well. Um, yeah, make sure to uh, check out our website, Soccer Chronicle. Took some really cool photos of the Mexico-Nigeria game, the Cali Clasico, and then uh, Nations League stuff. Tomorrow, uh, I'm actually going to be covering uh, Atlas America. They're having a friendly out there in San Jose. So it should be a really good turnout. Um, we'll see how they how their preseason is going. Really haven't heard much American news, and I know we, we've we've gotten feedback that we talk too much about Chivas. So don't worry, guys. Next yeah. week on episode two ninety three, I'll I'll come back with some some intel from from being on the sidelines and seeing how America looks I, I in preseason. Actually, yeah, it should be more America focused, and it'll be a rematch for for Solari, who I feel like his players sabotaged this season, man. With their, with their, with their party during playoffs. Hey man, I mean, I said this before. You know, sex scandals end up turning into championship runs. You look at uh, Leicester City. <laughs> you know, they went on. Always, they, they went to uh, Thailand because their owner was uh, from Thailand. They went over there for some <laughs> some preseason stuff and got caught with a bunch with a it was like a brothel or whatever. So they got they got rid of the coach, they got rid of some of the players, and then, you know, the the legendary run of winning the Premier League happens for them. Then you look at the uh, the Phoenix Suns. You know, there's been a a girl that went on a podcast, started talking about how she like blew the entire team, and look at the Phoenix Suns, man, Damn. they're in the NBA Finals. <laughs> so we need to bring her to Chivas. So America, <laughs> America got caught with this sex scandal. Who knows, man? Maybe that's the 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 turning point okay, for them. Well, you mean the so you mean for the ensuing season, like the the mother happens and then the following season. Yeah, the following season, you know, course correction, that that post nut oh. clarity, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, all right, all right, I got I got that out of my system. Let's 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 focus on this on this I job. <laughs> uh. Any closing thoughts before we uh, head out? No, oh, man. I, I, you opened some old wounds there. Jaime. Oh, you're going to have to take a, take take a shot of tequila, man, and something. some chente. A couple shots. You'll be I mean, fine. I'll drink to forget. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, everyone. Thank you so much. Catch you guys next week on episode 293. This is uh, Jaime Landeros and Joel signing out. Have a good night.